0: You're listening to Season 3, Episode 24. Hello and welcome back to Let's Talk Shop. I'm Therese, your host, and my business is Small Business Collaborative, where I help business owners grow and scale their wholesale and make more money with a strong focus on how to sell and present yourself. At the moment, I am... I've just launched a new course, which is called Let's Talk Sales, where together during four weeks of September, we will focus on your sales and your wholesale and how to grow them as a group in uh, live Zooms every week. If you're interested in finding out more, you can have a look on my website. Um, All the details are in the show notes and you can book your seat now. There will be a total of fifty places, and it's for any business owner with a product business that is ready to approach retailers. So you will need to have your pricing together, and you will need to have your sales material, which include your catalog or line sheet, so that you are ready to start pitching to retailers. As Maggie and I discuss in today's episode pitching and reaching out to retailers is going to be more important this year than ever before and this course is going to help you stay on track stay accountable make a plan so that you can stick with it this year and really take control over your sales and how to grow them. In today's episode, I speak with Maggie, who's the founder of Alligator & Pear. Alligator & Pear is a really large gift shop in Tadworth in Surrey and uh, it's been going for over 25 years and it's won lots of awards and just been around for a very, very long time. And what's interesting about Alligator Pear is that because it's such a large shop. They buy really broadly. So Maggie usually spends the whole duration of the trade shows walking every single aisle and placing orders. And we got talking in the Giftware Association's Facebook group because I posted a question about how people were feeling about the lack of trade shows this year. And she was saying she's concerned about how to find those unique products that um, she can only really find by walking up and down the aisle because she doesn't know exactly what they are until she sees them. And I think that the virtual events will be a great alternative this year. But those little bits or pieces that are just a bit different that you never thought of is going to be quite tricky to find. So we talk a little bit about that. We also talk a lot about what sort of thing works well in an alligator pair, what they're looking for, what you need to put in your pitch email when you submit your product for consideration and um i think that it would be great for you to listen to the full episode and take on board everything maggie says and then write a really then you have a perfect opportunity to write a really lovely introduction of your product and send a picture over I've listed the email address to send it to in the show notes and I will also be sharing all the information over in an Instagram post. If you want to have a look, I'm small underscore business underscore collaborative and it would be lovely to see you over on Instagram and to see where you're tuning in and where you're listening Or maybe you can take a picture and tag both of us so Megan can see your product. It would be lovely to see what you do. But now, without further ado, here's my conversation with Maggie from Alligator
1: Pair. Hello,
0: Maggie. Thank you so much for coming on Let's Talk Shop. I would
1: love for you to introduce yourself and your shop. Well, hi, Therese. It's it's very nice to be asked to... uh to share some of my thoughts with, uh, with you and uh, anybody who's really interested in um, a small independent um, gift shop and how it's working for us. Alligator Pear was set up uh, about 25 years ago. My own background was studying in at Sheffield, doing business studies, then going into, as a graduate trainee, going into Debenhams and working there for a few years. Then I got married, had had three children, and when the youngest was about seven, I bumped into a girl who had worked, had done the same course as me at Sheffield only four years previously. Oh, Sorry, four years later. And um, she had gone to Selfridges, where I'd gone to Debenhams. We had a chat about how difficult it was for shopping, particularly for gifts at Christmas with the children. So we decided to set up party plan. It was it worked for us because we could just do it for those three months between September and Christmas.
0: So, so that's how you started.
1: Yeah, that's how we started. So I we did really well at that. Um and then we we took on a little shop together, tiny, tiny little shop in, in the village where I live. And then and then we went our own ways. So sadly she Um, got a divorce and uh, and I carried on so that was about 20 years ago when I started off on my own in fact actually no that's not true it's 25 years when I set off on my own and five years later I went to Tadworth where I am now.
0: Wow.
1: I found that really hard having done it with someone and then doing it all your on your own I found and with the children I found that really really difficult. and it it, it, took, I, it was difficult because it became busy and uh, it started off as a hobby because my husband, both our husbands gave us a thousand pounds each to start the business. And it was quite funny that now I've ended up with um, a really, really big shop, uh, which we are now going to relaunch as the village department store because it really is. Almost like a department. Well, yeah, it is, isn't so, it? Yeah, so, how big is the shop? Uh, well, it's got it's in a large semi-detached Victorian semi-detached house in the village. So, and it's got eight rooms. So, I, I know I should know how many square feet it is, but I can't remember off the top of my head. Some of the rooms are small and some are very big, but the atmosphere in the shop is is nice because you can you can departmentalize everything so you've got yeah uh you've got a different room for different products and that that makes much more interesting shopping and we have got such we are in such a lucky position that we are in a reasonably affluent area we've got a very, very high density population and you can park and I've got a big shop and almost you can't really go wrong with that because whatever you put in there, people people come because they want to buy. It's a destination shop. So, yeah, they don't like the particular vases you have. They'll buy something else for the gift. You know, they'll say, oh, well, I'll buy some toiletries or I'll buy a scarf or something. So it it ends up that. As long as I've got a big range of products, and it's current, and it's nice, and it's well-priced, I'll, I will I can't see how we can't do well.
0: But that is a big shop to buy for as well.
1: It is. and You
0: I, have to have a lot of suppliers. Yes,
1: we do. We do have hundreds and hundreds of suppliers. And the thing is that um, when we go to the buying fairs, which we don't go, to, I, I did go to Maison et Objet once or twice, but actually, it ended up being too expensive. So, uh, I stick to the big shows in England. And actually, I have we stay the whole time, you know. Mm. We, we, we 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 set off at, um, you know, on the Sunday morning at nine, and and we never sit down. You know, the girls cannot believe how much how hard it is to do the shows because they that i take with me you know the girls that i take with me because Mm. uh, we we really we eat on the hoof and we we really do um have so much ground to cover and we stay you know every day and we do every show including like the fashion shows even just for our small amount of fashion we still do our three days at pure um yeah um, uh, so so it's uh well, that's the exciting bit, isn't it? It's finding all the new product. But I'm sure we'll get on to how difficult that's going to be. So
0: how has business been for lockdown? And I guess during this weird, difficult time we've been in.
1: Yeah, well, with lockdown, of course, it was tricky because all the staffers get get furloughed. I, I kept uh, a couple on and that we decided between us to try and yeah. develop the website. <laughs> we had a very fledgling off the shelf website, which I think we must have sold about two products a year from, but we just felt we had to have some—I don't know—presence online. But because all our money came from the bricks and mortar, and none yeah. of us knew really what we were, what we were about when it came to the website, that's quite a skilled job. We decided that we would concentrate on bricks and mortar and just have that in the background. Mm-hmm. And to lockdown. Obviously, that was an opportunity to, like everybody else, I think, to really do some work on it. Uh, because it was a free, it's a free website. We just, um, the girl that I kept, one of the girls I kept on, um, actually mm. had done some graphic design in the early years, her early years. And so she um, worked with me and uh, a couple of others just uploading product on it. I mean, it's okay. Mm. <laughs> it looks okay. It looks quite nice. It's a bit, sticky and you know we sold a few bits and pieces you know through the lockdown but we haven't sold hardly anything since since we opened except masks (laughs) why that's not a surprise either yeah so it's just masks, masks masks the whole time that's all that's really all we're selling so yeah so it's uh, I think if I was advising anybody on it, I couldn't advise anybody on it, really, because my experience is just uh, pertinent to me, I think. But, you know, I think it I think it's quite a nice website. Uh, it looks quite pretty. Uh, so I don't think that's the reason why people aren't buying off it. I, I don't know why people aren't buying off it. I think it's very hard to advertise your, your website. You get traffic to it. I don't know. Actually, because I don't know what goes on in the background with the website, Uh, but it's my next project. I think, I think it's going to go a bit quiet in August and I think then I think we're going to sit down again and I've got, I've got a company who's going to take a look at it and maybe, you know, tidy it up, make it look a bit better, but it's not so much from, from our point of view, it's really the amount of work involved. It's astonishing how long it takes just to upload a product and then it's tracking that product so it's either got to be connected to your website or you have to take the stock sorry to to your EPOS system it has to be connected to your EPOS system or you take it off the shop floor and you store it somewhere Mm. otherwise you have this problem that that if somebody buys it on the website and actually it's gone off the shop floor and there's not there aren't any left so how do we how do you how do you manage, mm. that? you know, it, you know, we almost need another conversation with a whole group of us, you know, how to to sort of thrash out how it's worked for some people and not work for others. But August, we will by the end of August, we'll have made a decision as to how much work we're going to put into it. Uh, we've taken to actually marking stuff on, on the shop floor now, just putting big W's on things so that uh, it is because, you know, EPOS isn't always a, a great. A great thing because you you it it, not everybody keeps puts the product through properly at the till so it's always on the hot key so you know actually getting the stock counted is is quite tricky as well but that's another that's another subject really it's something to
0: yeah but it's particularly tricky i think when you have such a big range
1: yes and i and i think my husband's always saying to me you really got to cut the range down when I was running it myself and the managing it myself, it, it wasn't such a pro- big problem because I I bought it, I'd unpacked it, I priced it, put it out and I watched it and I sold it. So it was an easier it was an easier thing to do. But now as I'm stepping back from the business more and I've got managers hmm. and people, other people running it, you know, you can tell how much of a problem that is, you know, because you, you have to eat it. Li- sleep and breathe your shop really don't you if you really uh, want to keep on top of the of of what's going on but I I have broken the rules really in my shop because you're supposed to define your market and sell to that market but my I felt my market was the village and that village encompassed everybody it encompassed Mm. people people with not so much money people who are Old-fashioned and traditional people who are trendy. So when you go do that, down the high street, you'll find a shop for each of mm. the different types of people. But in my shop, I have all of them in my shop, and I have to create. I have to create a range for each one of them, and uh, that's been quite tricky because it doesn't look. It's it's hard to display that look. You have to make it work together, and it, yeah, of and it can be quite tricky to to make it look nice. But of course, having the advantage of different rooms makes it helps, that helps. And I think just over the years, we've just mm. gradually worked different fixtures in to make things look different in different ways. So so that has worked for us.
0: Well, that's good. What measures have you had to put in place for, because of COVID now when you're open?
1: Um, well, we we because it's quite a big shop, we've managed to do a one-way system when you come in turn left through one of the rooms and Mm -hmm. go outside into the garden down the garden and back into the shop Mm -hmm. through another door and they've loved that because you know how people are really nosy about what goes on in the background to places so they've loved going out into the garden and we've actually we've put a lot of stock out there actually as well um to sell you know things like planters and garden products and stuff like that which normally would be inside we've actually taken them outside and put our garden chairs out and put the cushions that we that we're selling for the garden, you know outdoor living if you like so we're putting all of that outside mm-hmm. covering it in plastic if it's going to rain or take it indoors if it's going to rain but that's going to work uh fine and i'm in the process of mm. getting it covered as well just to give myself yet another room for uh, for, for selling for Christmas actually so that we can uh, put already thinking about Christmas so that would be nice yeah so I think what you'll do is we'll go down It'd be
0: like a Christmas bar outdoor bar uh, yes
1: and uh, we have a shed a uh, little storage shed out there which we're going to um, empty and make into a little grotto so you'll you'll leave the shed uh, go out the back door and into yeah. this little area which will be covered and uh it's about i don't know 14 feet square so it's not huge and then it's got another area for the shed so i, I think it'll look i think it'll look nice i'm looking forward to doing that so uh, i mean uh, uh, to be honest we don't know what's going that to happen sounds which, exciting. yes it is exciting and we don't know what's going to happen in the autumn, because all sorts of things have been mentioned, is it going to, are we going to have a second, a second wave? Or are we going to have the opposite? Are we going to actually have a cure or a vaccine or a treatment? And therefore, all of this will not be needed. So you, so as retailers, we're having to cover both, you know, both. So I think this will be quite a good measure to, if we have to keep the one way system in place, then this will work, and if we don't have to keep it in place, we'll still have created a little outdoor area, which will be rather nice. I think, I think this is what we're yeah. for, isn't it? It's all about thinking outside the box, really. And uh, sorry about the uh, helicopter. I'm in the centre of London at the minute, uh, having this conversation. No. <laughs> there's always aircraft or something going on.
0: Yeah, well, my dog has not barked yet.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, it,
0: there's always things around. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. it. Yeah. You know, with retail this autumn, with the whole thing that we don't know what's going to happen, do you think that will change how you're buying for this autumn in the sense of, you know, you go to the shows and you usually buy a lot yeah. at once, right? Yeah. Do you think you will change, you know, do you think you will drip feed it in more to be more conservative? What are you planning?
1: I think I will make that decision probably more in August when we start to get a feel for which way it's going to work, you know, going to go. If Mm. it's going to... The trouble is when people start, when the government start talking about there's going to be a second wave, it starts to make people a bit nervous. But having... Uh, all the coming out now and, and making people wear masks, actually, although nobody really wants to wear a mask, it may give them more confidence about coming out. So that could mm. that could work in our favor that even if there is a second wave, hopefully and the theory is it won't be as bad as the first one, That people will still feel as though they, if they're wearing their masks, they can still come out and we will still keep our one-way system in place. If that's the mm. case, then I will probably have just about the same amount of space. I will lose some uh, customers through big open days that we used to have. We launched our Christmas and we gave a 10% off. So we were always busy then. And then in November, we always had a big party for another Christmas, like tr- Christmas drinks and things. No discount, mm-hmm. but, but, but another day. So we'll lose money on that one. I think we'll lose money on the last 6 weeks where it's just physically impossible for that number of people really to crowd together and be comfortable. So, uh, so th- definitely the sales are going to be less and therefore I will have to buy for lower sales. So in that respect I won't buy as much. But feeding is as you say the right way to do it and and then analyze what's going on because who knows there could be suddenly a one of these vaccines could work in the middle of the autumn, and and suddenly everybody's happy. But let's work on the basis that that's not going to happen this side of Christmas. So that's so I I, I think it'll be uh, little and often, yeah. um, but still any products that are going you feel at this stage, or I feel at this stage are going to be hot. I've got to um, buy in bulk because I don't know how easy it's going to be for um, stuff to come in from abroad. And, uh, you know, it's better to have it in my hot little hands ready to sell, yeah. you know, yeah. rather than um, just wait and just hope that the stocks will be coming in because I think there's going to be a problem with stock. With stock. You know, nobody's ever really thought about we talk about all of the retailers at the moment but nobody's really thinking about what about the poor wholesalers and uh, suppliers really yeah because they have got to make a judgment call on to,
0: and a lot of them have already had to make that judgment oh yeah if they're buying from the far east Mm -hmm. they might have pushed pause on their orders that were going to come in for Christmas right when we yeah. first went into lockdown yeah. but they would have by now had to decide what that's going to look like
1: yeah I know I mean some of some of the big guys like I don't know Sifcon and uh, you know the big wholesalers I mean where where are they in it are some of the lines that I've ordered in February which I'd hoped were coming in in like March and April they're now saying these lines um are coming in in July, uh, end of July actually there's a couple mm. of really two or three really good lines there that I've, I've bought in bulk which I thought were really good and um and thankfully they're still coming in but I don't imagine I'll get reorders on them now I think that they'll sell out but no. so I think I think the because time- I
0: think they will also have a cash flow problem, right?
1: Well, yes, because it yes. The suppliers, they would have a why why more than why do you think that?
0: Well, I'm just thinking that you know if they say you know how you thought you were going to get your orders for those things in maybe March April yeah. But of course, China, for example, they were going through it before us. Mm. So they had delays that way, but they would have probably already paid for those items. But uh, because they're delaying orders and they, you know, a lot of their retailers would have cancelled orders as well, in particular the bigger ones, they won't get paid for them until much later.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's quite a good opportunity. So
0: I'm thinking there might be issues there too.
1: Yeah, well, it might be quite a good opportunity for me to get a discount if I pay up front well, which would...
0: Yeah, maybe. I know that some, I don't know if you had this, but when we went into lockdown, I spoke to someone and they've had a few uh, suppliers contact them that said you will get a discount if you, you know, settle early because they needed the cash, I guess.
1: Oh, well, no, I didn't get that, actually, from, from my suppliers. I intend to write to most of them, uh, the big ones, and find out if I can. I see a lot of my suppliers are also quite small companies, and they don't really do that, which I think is slightly short-sighted, because, you know, even five, 5% would help me and would give them the cash at the, um, you know, up front. I think it's Depends on the particular supplier, but certainly some of the big boys will, will, will. Uh, they, I usually get discounts from them anyway if I pay. I, I've always tried to get to get uh, like a five percent discount if I pay in the first first week after I get my of invoice, and I, and that you know works well. Yeah. Um. So maybe just developing that and getting more people to agree to it.
0: Yeah, and I think a lot of medium and large sized businesses they have the margins in their products to do that, I guess. Yeah. It's the really small guys that probably yeah. don't have the margins. But I do think that cash is king, isn't it?
1: So <laughs> Yeah, I know, totally. I think, it, I think at the moment. And we do need to keep them going, don't we, these small businesses?
0: Yeah, I think that. But I do think that they will be able to fill gaps. You know how we think that some of the larger guys will have issues with stock. I think the smaller ones, the ones that produce here in the UK, they might be okay.
1: Yeah, well, I what I've done is... So they
0: might be able to get some wins from that.
1: Yeah, um, because one of the things is, what we have to do now is find new... Where are we going to find new product? You know, when we used to go to the fairs, you we started... Mm. I always started at one end and walked right down every single corridor, every single line all the way through. So I, I never really just went to the companies that I knew. I always started looking for the odd little guy that might have something that was a bit different. How do we do that this year? You know, it's, it's, it's a really mm. good challenge. So I decided, I thought, well, the first thing to do is obviously look at the um, show guides that were going to happen, Home and Gift mm-hmm. and the Autumn Fair. And see go down the names and have a look. But actually, one of the problems I found—it well, really just started with Home and Gift—was that they they just put their name. You know, mm. when you when you go through the uh, exhibitor list online, some people would give their name and a picture, Yeah. so you could get an idea of what the product was. But other people just put their name, and you've no idea what mm. that. Pro, uh, loads of them. And I thought, you know, I haven't got, yep. I haven't got time to keep or a logo. Time. Yes, but you know, you need to have a bit more information than just to pick this year, particularly. Usually, I don't even look at the exhibitor list, apart from quickly looking down the names to see if my usual ones were there, because the name wouldn't be what I would be mm. looking for. I would be looking for going up and down the the lines and finding somebody. So, so this year, we're, we obviously we're all in the same boat. But the British, the British Craft Fair, I thought, well, maybe I could find something there because they are home-crafted. Maybe I can have a new look. Um, let's get some British product in, as you um, said. Mm-hmm. And they've got a great website. Uh, so you, you, everybody's got a picture, so you know immediately what, mm. you know, what the product looks like. And you press on, yeah. you press on the picture... And up comes about a dozen more pictures with a little bit of a bump about the particular company, which is fantastic. The only thing they didn't have were prices. So I spent the first, yeah. the first six people I found were more like gallery prices rather than prices for an independent gift shop. So I think that would have helped if they had put the prices on. So I would have known that these beautiful vases were £500 and not Fifty pounds, you know, before wasting my time and theirs, but but actually, the way it's been set out is beautiful, and I and I think that's what if the home and gift and, and autumn fair did the same, it would make uh, searching for new product and new supplies a lot easier. So I, I, there's no other way of doing it other other than going through. Training.
0: Yeah, I think that I don't know what autumn fair is doing, but I know Mason Obje is doing something that, uh, you know, because there's the um, exhibitors has to pay a monthly fee and they get a number of product listings for that fee. So I I think I'm going to guess that their offering is going to look something like that. Okay. Maybe.
1: (laughs) Well, it would be good. Maison et objet is too expensive once you've put in all the taxes and the the, uh, freight. For me, I, I I think it 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 generally comes out a little bit too pricey. But um, I think it I think it's the o- the only way we are any of us are going to find um, new product is by doing that, unless somebody comes up with some great idea of doing roadshows or, or whatever. But even if they do, I mean, I know Widop is doing a sort of road show, but I mean that's the same as going to a fair, really. So I'm you know i'm not sure what the difference yeah is. um i mean i'm happy to go because i and i would have gone to the shows had they been running because to me it's not any different to going to the supermarket so um and particularly oh there you go
0: there we go there was a post <laughs>
1: oh dear yeah so home- the, the Harvigate Home and Gift one is, is a lot of it's outside. So, um, I and in mean, Marquees. So I don't know. Sad, but yeah. that's what we're going to have to do anyway.
0: I think it's tricky. But have you uh, tried any? There's quite a few wholesale online platforms where you can go in, register as a retailer, place orders straight on their website, lots of smaller brands. And um, many of them send you one invoice and then each brand deliver individually to you. Have you tried any of them? I haven't. I don't
1: know how to access that. Um, I
0: can send you a couple of them, but um, there's Stand 12 and there's 308 here in the UK, for example. Right. And they do have lots of small UK brand. That's really probably where their focus is. And I guess it's like seeing an online catalogue. It's basically an online shop for retailers.
1: Can you can you contact? Because one of the things I've been doing, I've gone through the British craft Supplier list. Mm-hmm. And I've contacted probably about a dozen of them. And then I've mm. spoken to them about asking for some samples, if they've got rep, how much everything is, what sort of, you know, to try and get some feel for the product. Because I I find it very personally, I find it very hard buying online, like, that's why I like to go to the shows. And I know some Mm. people are are good at buying online, and very happy to do that. I actually find it quite tricky. So uh, if, if these online platforms that you're describing are, if you're able to contact the supplier and form a relationship, you know, sort of ask these questions and see whether they can send out some samples which obviously i'm happy to pay for but in view of the fact that i can't see the goods i personally would like to to touch it and feel it and so far so far most of them have been happy to do that and 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 i would be able to um that guy, that guy, actually, um, was it Greg? You know the one who was. Oh,
0: in the GA Facebook group.
1: Yeah. Oh, we're going to order those. They're lovely. They are. What
0: was this company called? Bread? Was it?
1: Bread bake, I think.
0: Yeah, it's like in the bottle, isn't it?
1: It is in the bottle, and and uh, the margin's not very good. That's my only hesit. Was always my hesitation, but I think this mm. year I'm going to look more on having more interesting gifts and hoping that um, I'll sell enough of them to not worry quite so much about the margin, maybe try and get the margin somewhere else. Um, but what we're going to do is we're going to bake one of them. I think one of the girls is going to take it home and bake it and bring, yeah. bring it in on Monday. So we're going to taste oh, it. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, uh, see whether it's worth it. But, you know, it, it was a nice, um, a nice thing. And we sold, uh, last year, we sold a lot of, um, a great, great big uh, bottle of popcorn, a big plastic bottle that had um, a top on it with a slit in it, a slot in it, so that you could use it as a money box afterwards, you know. Ah.
0: Um,
1: and I think that was about £22, just for a big thing of popcorn. Um, and and we We did well on that. So I think, I certainly think that the bottle of uh, the cake mixture will be good. I think it will be Yeah,
0: I think they're really sweet Mm -hmm. and I think uh, it's just a nice gift. It's, I I think it's really
1: cute. I think we've got the bottle left afterwards. You can use that for putting something in, something.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, on these platforms, there were, well... I haven't seen the back end of uh, Stand 12, but I have seen the back end of Creo 8. And certainly there, you you can contact, as a retailer, you can reach out to okay. a brand. Of course, you could also, I suppose, Google them and give them a ring or email direct too. The benefit with ordering, at least through Cre- Creo 8, is that you get 30 or 60 days credit
1: through Creo. The platform. Well, that's not, yeah. Whereas if you talk to the supplier, you might find that if you pay, you know, you can negotiate, as we said before, maybe the uh, a yeah. uh, little discount if you pay earlier. I'm, I'm not bothered about getting um, credit.
0: It could be a nice place to discover people.
1: Oh, definitely. I mean, no, I'd like to get the details from you because I think that would be great help.
0: Yeah, and I, I wonder if this year these platforms will sort of come into their they they have more of a purpose, I suppose. Now
1: I hope it won't replace the uh, the shows. It's a little bit like online online replacing the retail bricks and mortar. Yeah, um, we don't want that to happen, actually. No, uh, no. So in a way, I think I think these online platforms have a place. But we don't want them to to, uh, to replace, for, for me anyway, just personally, I don't want it to replace the actual um, show. Um, but I oh. understand how expensive these shows are for the supplier. And if I'm in the minority and he the suppliers are finding that enough people will buy from them through an online platform, then they're going to be reluctant to come to the show. And more and more... Suppliers are finding it harder and harder to get enough money through the show to warrant their space. So, um, you know, I don't blame them.
0: No, it's very expensive, and the prices keep going up, but the footfall
1: goes down. But that, the reason I think the reason why the footfall is going down is because there are less exhibitors. Therefore, is it worth making the effort to pay for your yeah. hotel and your travel expenses? When actually only half your suppliers are there, but it's a vicious circle, isn't it? Um, I don't know why the the organisers keep putting the prices up because they're having they're, they must be taking less money in the end because less people are are turning up. I, I,
0: yeah, I think it's a vicious circle, but I don't think personally, for me, like. Nothing can replace actually meeting the people no. behind mm. a business meeting each other really and talking face to face and picking up and touching product.
1: in the end for the supplier it has to it has to translate into sales and mm. um, I think only the suppliers know whether that works for them or not um, and sometimes I mean quite a lot of time particularly at the home and gift we are looking around getting a feel for the what's happening in the marketplace and what are the trends and if somebody is doing that show and the autumn fair quite often we leave it and do the buy at the autumn fair so maybe Mm. maybe the supplier is not very happy about that but you can only do it once so it's one or the other
0: yeah I think as when I've Kind of budgeted for shows and stuff That has been tricky yeah. Because I find that happens a lot People come to Harrogate But they don't actually buy at Harrogate They then buy at Top Draw and Autumn Fair So it's really tricky to justify To, well, when I've been in big departments You know, to, to my directors mm. To spend the money But then as a, like, you know Being at the shows I also know that they A lot of people come back and buy later, and would they have come back if we were only at Autumn Fair or Top Draw, or does that extra contact that's you know help?
1: No, I think that's a fair point. Um, I think it's a convenience for me, but if I was the supplier, I would be thinking, well, to be honest, why don't you just buy it at the Autumn Why do I need to come here? Because when you see it at the Autumn Fair, for me, I need it spread out. Because I, I feel as though i got so many suppliers to look at and so many little mini departments to look at that mm. um, it helps me get a feel for what I need to order and how to order, but probably not the best thing for the supplier. I mean, everybody loves the home and gift fair, mainly because... They love the home and gift fair, you know, where it is.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's nice, isn't it? Going yeah. to Harrogate, yeah. going out to eat, bumping into people.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's a big, you know, it depends who's paying for it. I mean, I, I enjoy it as well, but some of the suppliers may be thinking, you know, unless there's some money coming into my into my business, then this is not, it's not worth doing.
0: No, I think it is tricky. I, I find, as a show, I really like and enjoy Harrogate, but... I find it is increasingly hard to justify yeah. spending that kind of money mm. when I was budgeting for it. So, mm. I mean, I know some brand, brands feel completely different because they so do so brilliant there, but people, people, we all have
1: shows. Yeah, people like, um, there's a couple of fashion accessory companies that uh, show for the first time in, in July, and we always do our orders there. Um, mm. Because when we get to the autumn fair, we know that, right, we've done that. We can then concentrate on something else. Yeah. Uh, so for us, it's a matter of dividing up the different departments and doing, we, we know full well that the range is already in July at the at Home and Gift. So that's, that's the time to do it. Whereas quite yeah. a lot of other suppliers actually do have more product that they show then, at at the autumn fair, so it's worth waiting for the autumn fair to do the yeah. products. So
0: yeah, because our samples doesn't come in, yet. Yes,
1: precisely.
0: Do you get approached by a lot of stockists, uh, you know, brands as well?
1: Well, I th- it used to be that whenever because we were put forward for gift shop of the year again this year, and usually when that when that happens, then we uh, we get quite a lot of people then. Um, will come up to us and say what will we'll write to us and say oh you know would you like to look at our product we've got this for sale that for sale mm. so but this year I think maybe because of the I don't even know how they're going to do the um how to do it. I mean I don't think it's on is it I haven't heard anything to be honest
0: I don't know I haven't yeah. heard I mean yeah. they certainly can't do the
1: event no, I guess no they can't so uh, so we haven't really been approached. I don't think there's been much advertising of it
0: would you do you enjoy being approached?
1: Yes, I do I do um I, although it's quite funny because it's not often that it's something that I particularly want i, I which is a hard thing to say. I don't really I think
0: it's it. tricky. You might f- find that that changes the more product you have on your website because I, for example, when I approach people, I look on their social media and I would look on their website to kind of try to gauge, especially if it's far further away, right? Yeah. To kind of gauge what sort of brands would my stuff fit in. Yeah. And and then I approach accordingly. So maybe now when you have more stuff on your website, yes, people that. will be able to gauge it better.
1: Yes, I think you're probably right. Yeah, um, I, well, that that, that would be good. because. Um, but then how does the supplier himself find me? You know, that not that the problem? Is how do we find each other in this? And that's what, what uh, was Greg, I think, wasn't it? That's his name. Greg was yeah. saying, how do I know... Where to say I've got this great line? Yeah. How do I know who to give it? Who to send it to, or, or who to send the details to? Um, and, yeah. And I think I think winners of gift shop of the year or finalists of gift shop of the year are probably good. It's a good way to start, isn't it? Because generally we're a, we're all a fairly successful gift shops. um mm. and We'll have a bit of knowledge of the trade and we'll have a you know. Be interested in and t- in looking at new and different products.
0: Yeah, I think there's lots of places to look and find you. You know, the awards. They can look at you know their customers. So if they identify that their customer lives in kind of affluent villages, for example, in your case, then mm-hmm. they would be looking for gift shops or uh, you know lifestyle stores in those villages. Or they might find you on through some of your suppliers that has like a, a list on their website about stockists mm-hmm. and they might find you that way. Yeah. So I think that, you know, really, I mean, it's part of the brand's job, this big challenge this year, I think, yeah. is to find and actually do more outreach again. Um, I think it's going to be really
1: important. Yeah. I I think it's just how we all connect now. If we don't have the fares to connect, how yeah. do we how do we manage to get hold of each other and identify which shops will sell what products and and yeah. which products will we can sell in our shops.
0: So how how would you prefer? You know, when when if a brand finds you, um, maybe someone that listens to this podcast, for example, how would how what's the best way for you for them to get in touch with you?
1: I think writing to me with to sales at Alligator Pair, I think mm-hmm. is because I pick up all the emails to the shop and I think it's the most direct way of con- mm-hmm. of contacting me.
0: And is there anything in particular you feel like, oh, i really missing this category, I'm not seeing enough stuff of something?
1: Well, through the main things that we've been selling – home scented products home fragrance mm-hmm. there are a lot of a lot of there's a lot of stuff out there um, yeah. and so i don't think that's a, that's a problem things like fashion accessories etc another big part of our sales uh, and what
0: kind of price points do you about um you, you know retail your fashion accessories
1: at well the scarves are going to be at 20 pounds 25 pounds um, and then we have, you know, some cashmere, etc. But that's a small part of the business. But it's maybe things like the special gift that, yep. we, that we are short of.
0: Like those kind of, um, not weird, but unique.
1: Unique, yeah. If you think about it, if you're buying a present for your friend, you're not going to spend anything over £30. In fact, a lot of people come in and they love our shop because we, we specialise in things between 10 and 20 um Mm. so uh you know there's gazillions of of things in our shop for that price point that all look nice and and it's in a way it's what we specialize on in because i think that's what our customer and obviously is what our customer spends on a gift then if Mm. you're buying for your brother or or, or you might spend up to 50 pounds Mm. uh to you know for that for his main present so you have to think you know when you start to get over 50 pounds you are almost into self-purchase.
0: Yeah,
1: or, or spouse. Or, or I was just going to say, or the husband yeah. the husband buying for the wife. Because we love them on Christmas Eve. Oh, really. Right. <laughs> what you put in front of them, they'll buy. So that's why we <laughs> love them. So it's, yes, it's special. It's really lovely, luxurious things for women. Maybe up to 100 pounds. You know, yeah. in the end, we're a gift shop, so you're not going uh, you're not going to send much over a hundred pounds. We have had lovely silver bracelets and with semi precious stones in, which we have sold up to two hundred and fifty pounds. And and I and I would still consider that mm-hmm. I, I'm not such a good buyer for these very expensive things because it's very hard to know. It's much more of a gamble than if you're buying things that are between ten and twenty. I know they will sell between 10 and 20. Will they sell? What do you do
0: for those price points? Do you usually do sell a return on those kind of price points? Like, you know, the higher ones?
1: No, no. I've not ever really. And the only things that we've sold at that sort of price point are probably beautiful lanterns and Mm. decorative bits for the home, uh, which are definitely self-purchased. I'm I'm, I'm okay at buying those because I've... I know what the taste is locally, so I can buy for that. And, yeah. and the jewellery, I think, I think I'm okay at buying for that as well. So cashmere scarves and just luxury items, I think, for Christmas um, are, are things and, and uh, really nice pieces of um, pottery or, or ceramics that you might buy for um, your brother and his wife or something, for, you know, for yeah. Christmas, something like that, or a wedding present or something. There's lots
0: of lovely, like, I feel like there's a lot more UK ceramicists now again, which is lovely.
1: Yes, well, that's why it was quite interesting looking at the British trade, uh, the British craft uh, fair website, because there's lots of lovely, unusual, quirky bits and pieces, which they need their own space, they need to be Mm. explained, they need to be um, promoted like a special um, but I that's the sort of thing that I think at Christmas time we can sell. So you know, it used to be that you were always trying to uh, that, that people said, "Oh, I love coming here because oh, we you don't you don't find these products anywhere else." But of course, now we're all selling the same product, so it's not so easy to sell things that aren't in John Lewis mm. or or in other gift shops. So it, we are all on the hunt for something mm. different. So. You know, if people have confidence in their product, then um, they should really be bombarding all of us. And Some of us will pick it up. And uh, I think that's the best thing. To do. Yeah.
0: yeah, and I think that this year is really the... One thing with the trade shows that I think will happen is that it will bring forward more smaller UK-made brands. Because when it comes to your inbox course, you're just as likely to see reopen an email from a larger supplier as so you are from, you know, a ceramist from Bath, or you know, yeah, that otherwise wouldn't maybe be able to afford to do the trade shows.
1: Yes, I agree.
0: So it could be opportunities that
1: way. I hope so. I hope so. But one of the things that they often we often get um, on, Fe- I think it must be coming through Facebook message and in fact I got one today and the lady said would you be interested and in, I've got a new candle brand would you be interested in seeing and looking at it well I don't know because she hasn't given me mm. any information she hasn't sent me any pictures she hasn't even yeah. sent me a link I think if you are going to try and sell to your products to the retailer you have to give them as much information as you can on that first introduction um otherwise i haven't got time you know i've no idea whether you're suit they're suitable or not and if you're getting a lot of these emails Mm -hmm. then they need to put some sort of price point um you know retailing from this to that um because if they say to me oh you know these candles are retailing from Mm -hmm. 60 to 70 pounds or whatever then i'll know well Am I looking for something in that price bracket or not? And and, and at least it gives me an idea. But a, yeah. a picture is really important. Um, and you'd be surprised at how many how many suppliers yeah. don't actually do that. They just say, "Are you interested in buying some more?" I've got I've got a range of um, ceramics, or I've got a range of candles. Would you be interested in looking at it? It involves me making another move and that's I don't think you need to do that yeah you can sell it better I think if anyone is listening I think it's worth doing yeah
0: it's that I I could not agree more I work with a lot of uh, brands and uh, you know a lot of a lot of people or you know in my community sort of thing Uh where I always say know make sure that you embed the images they can't decide if they want to buy your things unless they see them we're visual people
1: I think also it makes you feel as though people have taken the effort if it's just mm. if you're interested in some new, some new candles that I'm making it, it feels as though they're just sending that email off to lots of different people so they haven't actually chosen you as a as a supply, as a retailer for their product, they haven't tried to match it up. They haven't, you know. It's like whenever we also get um, CVs from from people, and they just say, mm. "Are you looking for any staff at the minute?" Instead of actually sending the CV um, and giving a little bit of information about themselves, then you can make more of an informed decision actually if people say to me are you looking for any extra staff I might no probably not but if somebody has given me some information about themselves and I actually look at it and think wow it's a pretty impressive CV it's worth Mm. doing them yeah I don't you uh, both for you know you need to sell you need to sell yourself to whoever you're going to don't you
0: yeah absolutely and in particular on social media but in media in general over the last Couple of months now, there's been a lot of talk about diversity, and I've talked a lot about it on the podcast and in general because our industry is not very diverse. Have you thought anything about diversifying your
1: range, or do you feel that? Do you feel diversity as uh, in people, or diversity in? Well,
0: both. I'm more like in people, so I think that with the whole discussion around Black Lives Matter and diversity of, you know, say greeting cards, for example, if you have greeting cards with people on them, a lot of them have just white babies on them. They don't have, I mean, I'm obviously Asian and they don't often have an Asian baby or a black baby on them. And if you go for wedding cards, they often just are aimed at you know, husband and wife, for example.
1: I think that this is a different. This is a conversation that would go different ways with different retailers in different places, mm-hmm. um, because I'm in a practically all white, um, middle class village in Surrey. Mm-hmm. Really, get much more white than that. Really, um, there are a few Asian uh, people. Generally. A few. Well, you see, you just need to go a little bit further north into Sutton for us. And you have a lot of Indian um, people, but not really where we live. And they're not my customer. So yeah. I wouldn't choose. And in fact, I, I I do remember choosing. What was it? Uh, there was a, a range of dolls that had white and brown uh, dolls. And I chose some brown dolls as well. Uh, but they didn't sell. And that's not because anybody's racist or anything like that. It's really because it wasn't relevant to the yeah. children that they were giving it to. But I think. If I
0: wonder if that will change now because I spoke to a retailer up in Yorkshire, which I think she's in Yorkshire. Well, her town is probably quite similar to yours. I would say in demographic, but she sells l- after what's happened and everything. She was already selling them, but she sells dolls that are brown, black, um, Asian, white, and then she has some Down syndrome dolls as well. And you know, they have done so well, right? People uh, are
1: more aware, maybe. Okay, so I it is <laughs> it is quite interesting because the mums will probably think to themselves this is time to start introducing my children to different cultures more mm-hmm. um, and I think it's interesting I'm, I'm, I'm just remembering that I went into there's um, a big doll brand in America called American Girl and mm-hmm. it's like they've got huge standalone shops like as big as Hamleys, you know they're huge and uh do you know the brand have you no I don't and they do these dolls are for every type of girl through every type of color uh through every type of hobby from yeah. you know a girl who wants to be a, an astronaut to a girl who wants to be a ballet dancer and they've got everything covered absolutely everything covered but when you see the kids Carrying the dolls, when they've come in and they've chosen their doll, it always reflects the child. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I, I, I was watching, I was waiting um, for, for somebody while I was in there. For, I was late. And I was there for about 20 minutes just watching that every brown child had a brown doll. Every Asian child had an Asian doll. The child who was like a tomboy had a tomboy doll. I just th- yeah. I just thought the child herself will choose what she's like she won't automatically go for an asian doll if she's white or if she was black she wouldn't go for a white doll she would go for a black doll so i don't i mean i i would be prepared to try it again and see and i think it's very laudable and i think it's a great idea i don't know that children themselves really when they're all together at school worry too much about it but apart from dolls i don't know anything else
0: well i don't know um um i think there's more and more products coming like books for example I, i'm i mean there's much more books like i'm
1: um, trying to encourage children to look at different colors
0: and then, you know like that, those like um this, this big um uh, little people big dreams is that the series with a uh, with all
1: the I stock those characters yes, yeah I stock those
0: yeah um, and do you find that you sell lots of different ones or do you think
1: if I'm honest I haven't looked at the because uh, I only started to bring them in through the lockdown and I don't know we didn't sell masses of yeah. books during lockdown we sold more activity books during lockdown rather than reading books and yeah. I, I actually haven't looked at what's uh, what has sold? What has sold since in the in the uh, in the kids room? Is that the same company? Is that the same range that does um, that does? Um, uh, oh oh gosh, what's the guy? What well, does um, Muhammad Ali and David Attenborough? Is that the same?
0: Yeah, it that is.
1: one. That, that is the same range. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, and Frida Kahlo.
1: That, that doesn't tell. Peter Carlo didn't. Sell. Oh, really? No, it didn't sell. But the, the David Attenborough was the bestseller.
0: That's probably quite topical with environment as well, right? Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. I don't find that my particular customer is very is particularly aware environmentally aware. I buy into often buy into changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that are environmentally friendly but unless they look really pretty people won't buy them just because they're environmentally mm. friendly there'll be other shops that do sell environmentally friendly pe- uh, yeah. products because they're environmentally fr- uh, friendly but my customer doesn't uh, they'll only buy it yeah. because they like the look of it oh, yeah. and it's environmentally friendly oh well that's good too but that's not why they're buying it and it's very hard yeah <laughs> It's very hard, so
0: it's time. more like an add-on
1: yes, totally, yeah, yes, and it, which is interesting because we you know it, you would think in Surrey, you would think in Surrey that they would be very eco friendly and uh, eco aware, but uh, not not quite as much as they should be, I don't think
0: maybe it will come maybe it will come exactly maybe, <laughs> maybe. things take longer some in some areas years ago, I spoke to the buyer at Fenwick Brand Cross. And she was sort of saying, well, in our area, you know, I can't buy into the trend the first year or the second year. I have to wait until like maybe the third year around because that's when my customer wants to buy into those things. Yes,
1: I have exactly the same issue. and So maybe it's the same. Yes, and by the time that Mm -hmm. they have all cottoned onto it and, and have decided that they want to buy it, You've given up on it because you have thought to yourself, "Well, I've run it for two years. I'm not, and I've had to put it into the set. <laughs> I'm not going to do it again." And then they're all coming in, clamouring and asking for it. Exactly, <laughs>
0: exactly. It's just like that in some areas, I think.
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, it sounds. Yeah, that's interesting. So
0: it's been really, really lovely to chat to you.
1: And you, Therese.
0: I would love for you to
1: say where people can find you and buy from you. Okay. Well, thank you for allowing me this opportunity, Therese, to have a chat to everyone. If anyone does want to contact me, email me at sales at um, And just say goodbye and thank you again.
0: Well thank you very much. I'm going to put the um I'm going to do an Instagram post too and I'm going to put all the details that we talked about about emailing and what to put in your email on our, that post so brands that are listening can maybe get in touch. Yeah, and of course all your details will be in the show notes as well.
1: Okay, that's perfect. Thank you for that. Three.
0: Thank you so much for taking the time to talk. No,
1: thank you for the opportunity.
0: Thank you so much, Maggie, for coming on the show. And thank you so much to all of you who are listening. I really appreciate you tuning in every week or whenever you are making or walking the dog or whatever you may be doing. I had some lovely messages lately about people listening in during lockdown and how it help them focus and stay positive so I'm really I mean that's just the best to hear things like that so I will actually be back later this week with another episode where I will be talking about how to pitch to large retailers with Catherine from Future Retail and I'm hoping to get another episode out talking which will be another solo episode talking talking about money this week as well but it is a quite busy week so let's hope that i can make that happen and before i let you go i also want to remind you that i am hosting a virtual fika which is like a coffee and a cake where the chat on friday the 24th at 11 a.m So do check your inboxes for my latest newsletter if you want to join us because the Zoom link is in there. And if you want to sign up still, just sign up to the newsletter now and then you will have another email going out on the Thursday, so the 23rd, with the Zoom details. I hope to see you there and thank you so much for listening.